They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. We are back again with Throwback Madness, where we take you back in time to a pay-per-view from the past. My name is Ron Pashery. I'm here once again with my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing this week from Glasgow, Scotland. Ek to fly, Eric Trembicki, it was your choice this week. And sitting in, the, the first person to ever recognize us on the streets, Josh Aguina. Unfortunately, he was a friend of one of our co-hosts, Eric Trembicki. I almost thought we made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, it's great to have you sitting in tonight. Happy to be here. Uh, Ek, you chose the show. You want to tell everybody what it is? Survivor Series 2001, winner take all. We're coming off the heels of, what do we have last month? No Mercy 2001. No Mercy 2001. So we're getting the continuation. Alo, you want to describe the uh, our rating system for everybody? Yeah, of course. Um, if it's a horrible show, it's called A Job. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it'll be a slobber knocker. And if it's an awesome show, we call it a showstopper. All right. So, Ek2Fly, you want to go first and give your rating since you picked it? Well, since I picked it, I think it should be a little more than obvious. <laughs> I'm going to give this a showstopper. Okay. Alo? Um, I'm gonna give it a high slobber knocker. Um, ten-year-old Alo was <laughs> very invested because he didn't know this was a work. <laughs> so, he thought WWE, WWF yeah. might be gone yeah, forever. Yeah, so I, I was on pins and needles the entire time. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it, but I thought I thought the unification matches were the best matches on the card. I like the pacing on the show, and um. I know last one we, we talked about, well, Eric, my best friend told me yeah. that Heyman and JR were gold. I was like, it didn't really connect or No Mercy. But on this show, it connected because you could tell they really hate each other and they were yeah. actually for their brands. So I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. I will also give it a high slobber knocker. That was a very good show. I told you, I don't I don't throw around my, my show stoppers easily. So it's going to take a lot. You don't just sling that thing around. I don't. <laughs> I around. do not do that. Uh, this was a good show, though. Enjoyable show. It was a Survivor Series that actually there were some stakes involved in the show. Like there was some stuff that mattered. Uh, show opens. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina. South Carolina. It was South Carolina? No, like, 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 like the great Christian said. Yeah. Oh, he did, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I was Your like, favorite. Sure. Uh, this was the end of the invasion angle. We had Christian defending the European title against Al Snow. Is this the first time he popped up in one of our Throwback Madness episodes? Al Snow? Um, I believe so, yeah. Because I couldn't remember. I was, it was like a pleasant surprise to see Al Snow, but he didn't have head with him. No. Uh, European Championship, six-minute match. thought it was decent. Like you said, Christian getting some good heat, calling North Carolina South Carolina. Nobody likes that. Uh, he said all the hopes and dreams of WWF are going to come there to die. Uh, but I guess we'll find out later on in the show if those hopes and dreams did die. Christian gets the win via the unprettier. Eck, what did you think of the opener of this show? I thought the opener was overall pretty good to you know get the crowd going. Crowd got invested. Crowd got against Christian. He caught heat. He actually, uh, I know my best friend is a pretty big fan of Christian. Mm -hmm. And just right when he came out and, you know, being introduced as European champion, it was one of those things. I was like, no wonder this guy loves being the European <laughs> champion so much. I mean, he, he, he loves this guy. You know, the, kind, you know the, the way they both acknowledge all of Europe, uh, pretty similar. Um, I did like the almost false finish when he almost had the unprettier. Al Snow got out of it, and then he hit it. Uh, it was, for a short match, pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Great lineage of the European title. <laughs> The Shawn, purebreds yeah. of the European Championship. The British Bulldog, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, Christian. Now me. Yeah. Yeah, you're carrying the legacy on. Us, well into us, the 21st us, century. Us, us, us. Yeah. We're the European champions. You guys do make a great European champion in yes, the year we do. 2016. Um, I enjoyed it. The match was fine. It was a good opening. Get the crowd hot. I like how Heyman puts over the alliance throughout the whole match. Mm -hmm. How great they are. Uncle Teddy started from the bottom as a referee, and he made, <laughs> he made it to the top booking tag team matches. But um, I thought the match was fine. Um, how did you guys feel about Al Snow? 
I was always a big Al Snow or, fan. Always, yeah. Because I know at this point he faded out of faded out of the head gimmick, and he was um he was a coach. trainer on Tough Enough. He was like the dad to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, Al Snow to me is like he's not a like a defining part of the Attitude Era, but he was like a key player in that. I, we talked about this before. Like you'd watch Raw in 1998, and you were somewhat invested in literally everybody who mm-hmm. walked down that ramp. And he was one of those guys that, you know, he was the lower mid-card for the most part. But his matches were always good. His character was funny. He always added something to the show every week. Speaking he was never of, like a throwaway. Speaking of the European uh, Championships lineage, um, JR even mentions that Al Snow was a former European champion mm-hmm. going into that match. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. I didn't even it, remember it, that. It made me a little more proud to be half of a European champion. <laughs> so Al Snow elevated the title in your eyes. I mean, I just felt like I'm just more of a better champion already now. I, we're a better right. champion. Yeah. We're, we're, better. We're, we're great. Yeah, we're great. I, I see you guys in a better light now as well. Uh, we had the Alliance backstage, Stone Cold with Deborah. Shane, Steph, Booker, Angle, and RVD. Austin the tease, heat. Yeah, the tease was that Austin was going to turn. He was the mole for WWF because he smiled at Vince the week before. I love that Angle wanted to be the leader of the alliance <laughs> uh, in typical Kurt Angle fashion. Um, this was actually, this was the week before was when all the finishers were hitting and it turned out yeah, with Austin. Go that was, that's like one of my favorite, yeah. favorite moments. Like I could, I could see that on YouTube. It's right all over Facebook every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's sort of, I see, I see someone post that on Facebook every day, but it's funny, you know, wrestling purists shit on the invasion storyline all the time, but there's a lot of great stuff that happens during it. Yeah, that's it why I'm going to preach about it for the life of this podcast. <laughs> it could have been executed better in a lot of ways. There was a lot of great outside of WWF talent that wasn't involved in it, which was a shame, but... Sit at home getting paid. Yeah, but you're right. There were there was a lot of great moments in the uh, in that storyline. Uh, Vince and Linda. Vince is warning Linda to be prepared for what's going to happen tonight. Uh, he's got an ace in the hole. He made a calculated risk. Uh, basically, he said it's not a 5-on-5 match. My six guys will be like their that. four guys. So did I. And then Regal, who says that he's looking forward to WWF being gone. Leading into Regal's match with Tajiri. When he said it called the Alliance Raw, I was like, that sounds so disgusting. It did. Uh, but R- Regal's music hit, and I wasn't actually looking at the, the screen when it hit, and like immediately I was transported to NXT, which is kind of <laughs> funny to me. Like that, that first note of his music, I was transported to, I was like, oh, oh yeah, he's, he's having a match now with Tajiri. Very quick match. Yeah. Uh, Heyman put over that he brought Tajiri to ECW, which I had forgotten. Uh, Regal got bloodied up a little bit. He won the match very quickly. And uh, he tore, he Regal bombed Tori again. That was the second time, right? Uh, I don't Regal know. Regal bomb was actually it's always executed pretty well. Mm-hmm. That actually was executed better than the one that happened on Raw or SmackDown previously. Mm-hmm. I, I I saw the replay of it when they showed it. Uh-huh. I like I was expecting her to land on her head the way that that one looked, <laughs> but that one was a lot better. Uh, there's not a whole lot to comment on on this match. It came in at less than three minutes. Really? I, 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 I've got my notes. It ended real abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> Three, two minutes and fifty-five seconds is pretty abrupt. Yeah, away, <laughs> away, I treat your cruiserweight champion. Yeah, I know. yeah, it didn't mean anything. Better match though followed. Test who, every time I see him when we do one of these, I, I like him more than I remembered. Uh, not that I disliked him, but I was never like a fan. He was so really he was so much better than I think people give him credit for that people remember. Yeah, underrated. You know, it's one of those things. Just like um, Alo mentioned at the beginning, you know, <clears throat> thinking of him and I, uh, our youth at the time. It was one of those things. I remember like being heavily invested into the storyline because it was one of those things. You didn't know how much of a work it was at mm-hmm. my young age, and I didn't know really. You know, this could be the end. <laughs> Even though in between there's commercials. WWF Raw is <laughs> live from, but yeah, they were coming to our city that Friday. They announced at one point they said they're coming to the Wells Fargo Center on Friday. We weren't the Wachovia back then. First Union, first, uh, first Union. You're right. So, so it was one of those things. Um, but I, I remember like Tess back then. Anytime he hit that boot, like you didn't know if it was upset coming or what, because mm-hmm. like, that thing was putting anyone down. I was always a fan of him. Yeah. Alo, I know you're a big Edge guy. He's defending his his uh, U.S. title against Tess's Intercontinental title. Did you? How much did you love Edge at this point in your youth? 
Were you all the way there? Yeah, I was all the way there. How scared were you that he was going to be gone, erased from existence? Um, this was the number two most important match of the night. Because I tell you, when I, I tell you, when I mean this show brings like so many memories, it really brings like so many memories. I was glued to the television because like I was like, I don't know if this is a work. Like what's going to happen? Tess just beat him two weeks ago, and then Edge just won the U.S. title on Raw. Like what's going to happen? I was really in, into this match. Now we'll get to when we get to the next match. I'm going to break down emotionally. But um, <laughs> so we, we said for the last, what, two or three um, throwbacks now that Tess was really underrated. He was great in the ring. I love when Tess was set up the pump handle slam and Heyman was like, pump handle slam! Yeah. Pump handle slam! And Edge countered JR says, we did not see the pump handle slam! We did not see the pump handle slam! This match is actually kind of forgotten mm-hmm. by a lot of people, but this is like an under really underrated match because, like I said, Tess is always underrated, and Edge at this time, well, I still think kind of Edge is underrated and underappreciated. Took still to this day. Yeah, he gets credit, but I don't think he's viewed as like one of the greats. Like he mm-hmm. probably should. Yeah, be. well, his heel run—that's what people talk about. But people don't talk about his when he first won King mm-hmm. of the Ring till when he till before he turned heel. That's when I think Edge was at his best, especially in the ring. Well, I think like in that that time period, I always just thought you know Edge was good. But I mean, I think one thing that was just overlooked because they kind of skipped over it. Or every young guy at the time, they never really want to give him a chance with the mic. But when he was cutting that promo backstage before the match, you know, impersonating Tess, mm-hmm. I was like, I was cracking up. I was like, wow. And you know, I haven't watched the show in its entirety in years, and I'm sitting here like, this is. I thought relatively it was going to be a quick match. But like Alo said, it was one of those forgotten matches. The match had some time to it. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of good, you know, pace back and forth. I, I thought the match was overall good. It's one of those matches that if anyone has anything ever good to say about it, it definitely stands the test of time. Yes, it's definitely good. And to your point about him doing his impression of Tess, I love that Edge is Canadian, <laughs> making fun of Tess' Canadian uh-huh. accent. He said, he'll find out what that's all about. Uh, love that, that the Canadian was making fun of the other Canadian's Canadian accent. I miss uh, that old U.S. title model. Yeah? It was nice. It was a good title. It was WCW's best title. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think, Eck? I know you, you love the belts. Which yeah. one's better? The WWE one? Uh, or? The WCW. Uh, so was, like, I, like I just said, it was WW, uh, WCW's best looking championship. Better history remember, to it, too. Yeah, and I remember in 01, I remember like when they were invading with all those titles. I just always thought that was a good looking title. I remember when Booker had both of those. I you know, it's just like that's a good looking belt. Yeah. Other crazy thing about this match, three finishers got kicked out of in this match. Mm-hmm. Which Well Edge wasn't using the spear as his clean finish. He was using the um the impaler at the time. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um oh yeah, and we didn't see it because he won via roll up. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite finish. Well that made sense. <laughs> It did. It's better than, than your weekly Raw SmackDown yeah. roll-up. Just because the guy wasn't looking doesn't yeah. mean you can't kick out of a roll-up. Um, one of my favorite segments of the show backstage, we had Steph and Kurt Angle. Do you have anything else to say about this match, or are you... No. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Stephanie was talking about how awful she feels about tonight. If we lose, I'm going to have to be a regular person. I'm going to have to go grocery shopping. And I love that Angle, when she says he goes, you're kidding. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Because it, it was like very like subtle, like kind of couldn't really hear it. But yeah, I have to buy groceries, wash my car, clean my house. You're kidding. Great. Nobody could have delivered that like Angle. Uh, he said he'll make sure that Austin does not screw us tonight. Uh, Alo, I'm going to go to you first on the next match. The unification cage match for the WWF and WCW Tag Team Championships. The Hardy Boys with Lita against the Dudley Boys. Actually, before you do, one of the things I thought was funny that Lita was telling Jeff that Matt hasn't been himself. (laughs) And all I could think about is, like, maybe this was where he was starting to become broken. Uh Like, all the way back then. He he made Trish obsolete. (laughs) (laughs) Obsolete, obsolete. So, what were your thoughts going in? First of all, were you convinced that Jeff was going to get them? 14 years early, Jeff deleted himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, were you, how afraid were you that Jeff was going to cost them this match? I, I didn't have, well, go as a 10-year-old Alo, I wasn't afraid. I, I, didn't have, I didn't have any thought about Jeff doing what he did. <laughs> now, about this match. I've not been more invested in a match I think, in my entire life. Before or since. Yeah, because I told you when we picked this show, 
when you see this match, you're going to laugh and think about it the entire time. <laughs> I did. So, just the moment I cried and became broken. <laughs> so we had broken and, Halo? And, and ever since then, I hated Jeff Hardy. Ever since then. <laughs> oh, that's where it started. This, started, this, started, this, started, this started. is why they hate for Jeff right. Hardy. Because young Halo didn't think this was a work. So, I'll... Uh, all right. I don't know who was more pissed, me or Matt. Because... <laughs> Still watching this 15 years later, I still get mad. And it's hard to watch. Like, I had this on tape, and I would fast forward past this match because I couldn't watch it. Yeah. It was so hard to watch. I'm like, how the hell did he die? <laughs> Just going out of his cage. <laughs> it's like, uh, like that, and, and, and that's another re- reason I liked Matt on Jericho's podcast. Yeah. Because he was saying how Jeff always thought about himself and took it in on always costing these matches. It was true because even. But this match and going back to their TNA when he got in the motorcycle accident and cost him the tagging title, this was actually true because it dates back to this, to this, to this exact moment. Well, you can't talk about the Hardy Boys without saying that Jeff always cost them the match. Exactly. Like, that's why I, the first thing I exactly. had was that. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just kept having all these flashbacks of Jeff's screw-ups. It was ridiculous. But um, I love Stacey with Dillies. Like we always say, mm-hmm. she fit perfectly with him. Nitpick, not even nitpick, this is just common sense. Why are you tagging in and out in, a, in and out of a cage match? I was waiting for that. I've been waiting for that for the second you gave him the bar. I saw I, the first second, like I'm watching the match, and I, I heard the tag, and I was just like, "Ooh, my best friend going like this." He ain't going it's like no disqualification. Why are you tagging in and out? That makes no sense. There's there's a lot of things WWE does where people follow the rules when there's no reason to. There's yeah. no really really no rules. to Rhodes be Brothers versus Outlaws. They did the same. Thing. <laughs> and then, this is a real good match. Like I said, this is like I think this whole pay per view is kind of underrated and forgotten because not not many people are talking about this match. Yeah, yeah. Not many people have ever even talking about this tag team title match. And Nick Patrick, the worst referee ever, was outside and Stacey easily pickpockets him. He has noticed until the doors open. Yeah. Yeah, a little too little too late. Um, Eck? I love this match. Uh, again, just like my best friend, being very young. Kind of the opposite side of the table where he was Matt Hardy Mark. I'm watching this match. I was Jeff Hardy Mark. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's my guy. Um, I wanted the crazy spot. I remember going into that like... Oh my gosh, what if I'm watching a WCW ECW Monday Night Raw tomorrow? We, at least, at least, let's have the Hardy still there. They'll come out with two tag belts. This would mm-hmm. be great. And uh, I remember being at my uncle's house watching this, and I remember um, I remember him climbing up the cage, and my, my brother looking up at me, and he was like, yeah, your boy's going to be an idiot. And I was like, what do you mean? And I just see, like, I wasn't paying attention, but it's funny when you watch it, I've, you know, since then, probably in the last five years I've watched this match three times uh-huh. it's one of those things where you just see like as he's going up the cage you see Devon crawling runs at a table and it's like yeah. oh man now I know what my brother was talking about <laughs> and it's one of those things I remember like our second or third week ever doing this show we brought up the Hardys mm-hmm. and it was one of those things Aaron called it out back in January about Hating Jeff for spots like this, he called out this specific match. So I knew bringing this pay per view up, me and my best friend were definitely not going to see eye to eye. But it was one of those things. Yeah, Jeff was definitely selfish. Great match nonetheless. Um, two of the greatest tag teams of all time. Mm-hmm. So two things. First, I love that you were a Matt guy and you were a Jeff guy. You guys were two sides of the same coin. Even before, you know, probably what ten years before you knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is pretty great. This uh, kind of yeah. makes sense. It does. When you think about Every, everything it. is starting to come together now. Mm-hmm. Ten months mm-hmm. doing the show, and I think we're finally getting to the bottom of what made you guys truly best friends. Mm-hmm. Other thing, we were best friends before the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other thing, Heyman. We haven't mentioned him yet. So great. His great. voice is great. His commentary is great. I love that he was just openly rooting for the Dudleys throughout this whole match. Mm-hmm. I loved when they did the uh, the top rope clothesline. Uh-huh. I love he and he yelled out, "What a rush!" <laughs> Shout out to Legion of Doom. I thought it was great. Well, he uh, the Dudleys back then used to do that a good bit, but uh, I do love he he even pointed out at one point he was like in in North Carolina. He was like, "No other team deserves to be." Unified tag champions more than the Hardys, <laughs> except the Dudleys. <laughs> it was like he just—it's like, all right, this is the first time all night. I'm gonna give the WWF some credit. Mm-hmm. 
take it right back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I will go on record to say, I mean, Paul Heyman, or in commentary, awesome. Him and JR as a duo is so underrated. I will argue that against anyone in the world. I, I He just was so good at my Like opinion. I said, it, it, it clicked here, but no mercy, it didn't really click all the way, but here it worked yeah. perfectly. Yeah, they hadn't really quite gelled yet. Um, we had Commissioner Foley live from WWE New York in Times oh, Square. That place was horrible. <laughs> Is that why it's not still open? That place was so bad. How long was that open for? Um, I think th- two or three years. Cause so it, not long. Because it was WWE New York, and then it turned into the world. And I think it's like two or three years. Well, yeah, I'm, I'd assume nobody misses it. No. Nobody at this table. Uh, I've never test. been there, so I don't can't Me miss neither. it. Me neither. Test backstage takes out Scotty Too Hotty to make his way into the Immunity Battle Royal. 22 men, I believe, entered. Only one escaped. I don't think we need to... Do we want to list everybody who was in it? Well, okay. I, go ahead, best friend. Honestly, you don't got to list anyone, but the thing I liked about this match, right off the top, and I've said it a hundred times over the period of doing this show, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Battle Royal. Um, it's one of those things I like that they didn't market it, market it as, you know, this is a 15-man Battle Royal, 20-man, a 22, a 23, a 25, a 30. They never put a number on it. The unique factor about this Battle Royal in comparison to ones we've seen on Monday Night Raw, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. the annual Royal Rumble, it was one of those things where so many people started in it, and a minute into the match, here comes Taz. <clears throat> a couple minutes go by, here comes Hugh Morris and Chava Graham. Yeah. I like that people just inserted themselves into this match, and they became they became a part. That kind of goes to like another logical thing that doesn't happen in WWE. is like U.S. Open Challenge, when that was happening every week. One guy just calmly comes out every week. It's like, shouldn't guys be, like, fighting with each other to be the one that gets the title shot? It's not like, well, it's like you know what, I'll, I'll just take it this week. <laughs> like, this is exactly to that point. Like, I want to get in this match. I'm just going to jump in it. Uh, Taz got thrown out because he was distracted <laughs> by Heyman. So good. <laughs> uh, Test ultimately won. So he, you know, sealed his fate. Well, he saved his fate, I guess. Right. What do you got? I find it hilarious, hell. To declare one winner gets a job for a year. But every man in this match, I, except I think Justin Incredible, had a job after the show. <laughs> so what you're saying was that those stakes weren't real. So everybody in this match basically had immunity. And then That's why it was called the immunity battle then, royal. Then, if you were then, in it. And then a nitpick, <laughs> you were only supposed to have a job for a year. Tess was there for another three years. <laughs> just, just a nitpick. And then came back again, right? Yeah, in 2006 hmm. to ECW. Well, yeah, I think they fooled us with the immunity battle royal. I think it was because if you were in the match, you got it. You were granted immunity. Yeah, and then, and then you put up Taz um, attacking Heyman. The best part was when he ran behind Jr. Jr. said, "Get, get from behind me, you old broad. You're gonna saw We got to hear Taz's New York accent. Mm-hmm. Another thing about that match is DDP was in it. And I Looking think he, so different. Yeah, and I think he was... I don't know what happened to him at this time, but I think he was like the biggest waste in that whole alliance thing. So, because he was on um, Sarah Stalker. Then after that, he did... He was a little bit of a threat, and then he was washed straight but down. I don't even say he was a threat. He was just in the, the inaugural brawl, then him and Kane won the tag titles. But after that, you didn't see him. Kane. Hmm? Yeah, him and Kane. Yeah, they won the tag team. They won the tag title. They lost it to the Taker and Kane at SummerSlam. But after that, you didn't really see him except for his little promos saying that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It was more or less he was supposed to be so beat up from that cage thing. But I mean, yeah, they did waste him. There's yeah. no doubt. I think a big reason why they waste him, aside from Booker T, he was, uh, I mean, kind of main event storyline. He was like the only person that was, you know, organically WCW. Yeah. From that whole. Yeah, he's a, he was actually a, a top guy, but mm-hmm. they just destroyed him. Within what two months? Because after that, after after King of the Ring in SummerSlam to SummerSlam, that was it for him. Yeah, no, no, no. He went on to beat your boy Christian for the European title. That was big. Yeah, after yeah, and um, that was bigger than his WCW Championship win. Way bigger. Yeah, the coveted European title. (laughs) (laughs) Steal that from HBK? Mm -hmm. Did you steal that from HBK? Triple H. Oh, okay. Because I remember the uh, the bad blood, the bad blood uh, right before the Hell in a Cell match with the Undertaker. 
He says, you know, thank thank goodness this match is not for my coveted European championship. Oh no, I was, I was thinking. I was thinking about Shane McMahon said on the uh, podcast of Foley, same thing. He was like, uh, I was thinking about Triple H um, with the with the DX the DX barbecue. Mm. He's challenging Owen Hart. <laughs> it's gonna be me and you, Owen, man to boy. <laughs> Dude, Owen was so good. I loved Owen and, and Triple H. It was awesome. We might review that one day. We probably will. I think we got that one in us somewhere along the line. Yes, we do. Um, yeah, 22 men. Test is the one that leaves, like you said, wins a job for a year, even though he had it for another three. Um, so, Eck, you like a battle royal. Did you enjoy this battle royal as a match? I did because, you know, there's the surprise factors, um, you know, Test overall winning it. He stole someone's spot. You know, you have random people showing up in it. There were some eliminations you weren't expecting. There were eliminations at the time. Uh, as you know, when I was a kid, I was a big Billy Gunn fan. Mm-hmm. Billy Gunn, um, you know, he eliminated Taz as he was yelling at Heyman. But so there were some spots where you you know, you got to mark out for some of your guys. Yeah. Eliminate him. Yeah, I was a big fan of the match. Uh, women's match, the six-pack challenge. Trish, Jackie, Lita... Ivory, Mighty Molly, and I believe the debut of Jazz. We were talking yep. about this before the show. Um, Jazz came out right out and went after Lita. I like that. Me too. Uh, I loved how much the crowd was behind Lita. I think one thing that gets forgotten with the four horsewomen and everybody really discussing how much the fans are behind women's wrestling now. Uh, she she was just as over as any of those four. Yeah, she was over most of, more than most of the men. Yeah, like she, I think, not that people forget, but I don't think they realize just how big she was at that time. Uh, and how just how different she was from everybody else. Her look was so different. Her style was so different. Uh, I told you that I, that I thought uh, Tori was going to get dropped on her head on the one. I think Lita, I guess she got either she got thrown out of the ring maybe, and like I was like, oh, like stopped yeah. in my tracks, mm-hmm. thinking she was gonna. She got stuck again, in the ropes, right? Yeah, yeah. Thinking she was gonna get hurt. Um, very quick match. I think the right person won. The young Ayla wasn't happy. No. I was like, you were all. She team. never went. When did she wrestle? <laughs> when did she win matches? Why is she a champion? Because I wanted Lita to win. Yeah. That was her first uh, women's championship, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, but yeah, but thing is, like, I was happy, but that's because I'm a damn she had just started Because <laughs> she had just started wrestling yeah. around when this invasion angle first started. So I was like, what? How does she win? Because I'm thinking this is a word. Like, how does she win? <laughs> like, why doesn't Lita win? How did Lita win? Lita has the best one. But because like I'm, I was, I'm a team. I was a team extreme mark, mm-hmm. and then. We said about Jazz how she went directly at, directly at Lita. Something something before that was when they showed Jazz, the camera went right to Lita because she's like the main threat in yeah. this match because she's the most popular, she's the most over, and she's arguably the best one in in that match. The, well, the biggest threat in that match. Yeah. So Jazz went directly to her, and even Heyman for for the first time, this being Jazz's first appearance on TV, Heyman put over her. It's like mm-hmm. she I was, I was just gonna put that out. She she like she went through all the women, and even some of the men. So they did a good job introducing her too. Uh, crowd was behind Jackie a little bit too. I felt like she at least got a reaction. Maybe mm-hmm. they weren't behind her, but she got a reaction. Um, Mighty Molly. Like I said, every time I see her now, she's she's better than I remembered her being. Um, quick match, less than five minutes. Trish Stratus wins. Trish Stratus wins via Stratisfaction. Uh, as we know, her and Lita would go on to have one of the uh, arguably the best women's feud of all time. Um, that leads us into the Survivor Series elimination match for the fate of WWF. Uh, Alo. Who, who was? Were you scared at all that WWF was going to get wiped off the face of the map? Map face of the map, Eric. Like, did you think that was a possibility? You never know. Any, never say never. What are you, Stephanie or Vince? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Alo was terrified. I was. T- oh, oh God. Yeah, I thought. I'm telling you, I thought I was watching ECW the next night on Raw. You mean Alliance Raw? Same thing. <laughs> How many Kool-Aid jammers had you drank? The pack was going at this point. (laughs) The pack was going. Capri Suns, the pack was going. So you were drinking Capri Suns? Yeah, this this is is still 10-year-old Alo. Kool-Aid jammers weren't out out yet. That's next year. 
So you had gone through a whole pack of Capri Sun getting through this. Yes, I did. How many candy cigarettes do you think you ate? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Two <laughs> packs. <laughs> that was a Halloween thing. Yeah. How, first of all, how did you feel about Team WWF? The Rock, Chris Jericho, Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show. Before I, he looked like me. <laughs> I loved it because they're... they're Legitimate WWF's top 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 guys, and they were the bigger, stronger team. Because Vince was supposed to be in this match, mm -hmm. but the big, but he, he but the Big Show showed to be dominant, so he he took him he took himself out and put the Big Show in the match. But I was like, okay, WWF, they ha actually have their top guys. Yeah. And Eck, how do you feel about Team WWF? It was one of those things. Uh, I remember watching going into it. Um, I, I was mainly leaning on the Brothers of Destruction and The Rock just because, you know, Jericho was having his issues, uh, back and forth not winning the big one. Uh, big Show kind of just re-got pushed up. You know, he was pushed down to lower mid-card, then just bumped back up to this match. He was tagging with Billy Gunn a week before. So I really thought, you know, the, the Alliance had, you know, two of WWF's pride and joy. And then we had really like a three-team person. So it, it was one of those kind of iffy things. I remember going into it as a young, young era. Yes. So the alliance was Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, Booker T, and Shane. Did you feel like they were a threat to Team WWF? Yeah, because they planted it in your head going back all the way back to Invasion when Austin turned and they actually won the inaugural brawl. And Stone, you, you have Stone Cold the champion, Kurt Angle actually just affected, so you actually kind of believe that they actually had a possible chance to win. When we get a little deeper into the match, there was points they actually made you legitimately think, legitimately think that they were about to win this match. Yeah. Eck, you feel the same way with, with Austin and Angle, that they were a legitimate threat to WWF? Yes. So me... Being, uh, you know, 12 years older than you guys, I obviously knew what the outcome of this was going to be. Like, it was not going... Vince McMahon's company was not going to be no longer WWF. That just wasn't going to happen. Um, but there were some some touches to this I liked. I loved the separate teams watching back in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved them cutting to them Every in the back. Every time there's elimination. Yeah. Uh, loved kind of the reactions. Um I like that touch of the show. Like you said, Alo, there were times when they did make you believe that it was going to go the other way. There was a lot of... Uh, I love, like, the sense of urgency to this match. Mm -hmm. Like, they, the, the guys in the ring made you believe that they were actually fighting over this. Yeah, even Vince's speech before the match was mm -hmm. good. Yeah, you guys will be humiliated. All this <laughs> stuff. Great Vince speech. Um, you had, obviously, the issues between The Rock and Jericho. Did either of you, who did you suspect to be the mole? Well, I didn't expect Carneo to be the mole because he had just got there. So I, I basically, believe, I kind of believe Vince that saying Stone Cold was going to do it. Being so young, young yeah. at the time, I mean, it was just you're following the script. Vince was laying it out. It made sense. It was Lawson. You know, that, again, that was my favorite wrestler. It's like, he's coming home. Yeah. He's coming home. <laughs> yeah, because even going to the video packages, because Austin kept smiling at Vince and stuff like that. Even he came when he came out to the ring, he was smiling. Yeah. And everybody was like, why are you smiling? Even um, commentary pointed out, why mm -hmm. he's, he's even coming out to the ring smiling. He's smiling, going home on SmackDown. He's, he's still smiling now. Right. It's always jarring for me to hear him come out to that music. Mm hmm I always remember the original music. When I hear that music, I was like, oh, yeah, I always forget he had yeah, his music. He talks about that a good bit on his podcast. That what does he say song. about it? Uh, he prefers the um, original Jim Johnson uh, theme song, but says that Disturbed did a good job remaking it. And he said, you know, for the time period with, with the heel turn and, you know, a whole different storyline, he said it, you know, it fit. Yeah, it did because it stripped them of everything everybody loved about it. I remember hating it at the time, but it's yeah. one of those things looking back on I, I love listening to it. In yeah, you, you were supposed to, to not like it. And then the it, next night it goes back to the regular music. The next night, yeah, really? Literally, literally, the next night it went back to his regular music. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know why they would even do that at that point. Yeah. Um, I think he was a face the next night. Yeah, he was a face the next night. Really? Yeah. Why they did a good. They, yeah, they did a good job. I remember that being that Because he made... Yeah, he was fake. Like, Kurt Angle helped WWF win, and Kurt Angle was a heel. And then Austin came out at the end of the night, and he was a face. Huh. And they, and they actually cheered him. <laughs> I guess it's the whole Vince thing. I should have watched the Raw afterwards. I just mm -hmm. ran out of time. 
clock ran out on me trying to watch anything extra. Um, first guy eliminated, The Big Show. By Young Simba. By Young Simba. I was waiting for it. <laughs> took almost, took like 12 or 13 minutes for the first guy to get I like, eliminated. I like that though because they actually gave this match time because you know we hit because you know in these elimination matches you always see them drop drop like flies all the time. Mm-hmm. But they actually gave it depth in, deep into the match to get to first elimination. There was only actually one point in this match where they actually kind of dropped quickly. But I think they gave it a lot. They spaced the eliminations out enough, and then this match did get the time that it deserved. It did. Shane. Okay. Oh, and then then the. WWF had well, they were horrible teammates. They sat there, let him take all those moves, <laughs> and did nothing. <laughs> you, they, they were not good. He got, like he gets a he gets a, a scissors kick and a fire start and an elbow, and they just stand there. It was like the uh, like the wrong way to do, you know, in the, in the battle royal when everybody gangs up on the biggest guy in there to try to throw him out, <laughs> like what they used to do to Andre. Um, yeah, they just let everybody gang up on their biggest guy. Uh, Shane gets eliminated by Jericho after taking a tombstone <laughs> from The Undertaker. Uh, I love Heyman yelling when Kane chokes him, That's my boss! That's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Kane eliminated by RVD. Um, I think he almost had him pinned at one point before, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Then Kane, um, he had the five star. He had the five star, and when he went to pin him, Kane mm-hmm. choked him. Um... Undertaker eliminated by Angle after taking a stunner, which I was actually surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I, I have not seen this since like originally watching it in 2001. And I was shocked that The Undertaker went down to the one stunner. I thought he was going to sit up or kick out, especially because he didn't take the pin immediately. It was one of those things that was kind of like abrupt stunner. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't fighting with him, but... Yeah, you're right. Um, Booker T gets eliminated by The Rock... Um, Rob Van Dam then eliminated by Chris Jericho I don't know at what point it was at what point was it for either of you that you thought like oh wait the Alliance may actually win this thing I think it was the first moment when you realized it was two against four it was uh, Rock and Rock and Jericho and they got everyone but Shane on the other side of the ring and JR is even pointing it out these two have to get along they have to coexist so that was one of those things. Like these two were hitting each other with chairs one week prior. No chance they're gonna go along. Yeah. Do either of you think WWE could pull that storyline off now? No. <laughs> but these Hollywood writers, no. Josh, what do you think? Not a chance. <laughs> these Hollywood writers, they're hiring again. Are they really? Yes, they are. Best friend, can you send my resume? Too bad we're not qualified. <laughs> We're not. Uh, yeah, you need like I forget like three years of like Hollywood writing experience. Three to five and, years of Hollywood I can and like some, actual I can TV production experience. Uh-huh. I can't someone afford something. <laughs> yeah, they they expect a lot. They expect a lot for you to do very little. Yeah, like the the qualifications that they require from you to put on a crappy TV show every week is really unbelievable. To me. <laughs> um. Angle taken out by The Rock. Jericho ultimately taken out by Austin. When Jericho... Halo, you want to take it away with what Jericho does next after getting eliminated? The Skull Crusher finale? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what it's called, best friend? You mean the single best finisher in WWE? <laughs> <laughs> the single best <laughs> finisher? Yeah, Josh just threw it out there. The breakdown slash skull crush finale. Which I, Miz, so, I think the FU is better than Which it. Miz does better? <laughs> really? Josh, what do you think? Do you think the Miz does the, the breakdown won a better? world title way before the sure. skull crushing? <laughs> I don't give a damn what it was on. <laughs> you get so heated when the Miz comes up. I'm just saying, he's trash. (laughs) And all three of you are trash for thinking he's anything good. Best friend, that statement is asinine. (laughs) Uh, It looks like that is going to end the match. Eric, I know you had a a favorite moment right after this happened involving commentary. Oh, It was kind of right there with uh, when Jericho goes to get eliminated. JR snaps, you son of a bitch. (laughs) 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 He fucking lost the 
shit. He lost it. He lost nobody, it. Nobody, nobody drops a son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you, re- you really feel like somebody just smacked your mom right when he yeah. crosses. Or, or a damn him is always great. Damn him. Damn him. <laughs> but I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if, that doesn't, if that doesn't sound the fact that this is really happening. Because what Jerry says, it's so good, but yeah. like. You actually thought like you thought that was it because uh-huh. it came out of nowhere, and like no time was wasted at all. You really brought brought into brought into that Jericho actually causing the match. Yeah, and two things that does: one, it invests you into the match a little more, like it's a, a huge a deeper. So swear, we're in the expecting match. someone to, you know, yeah. sabotage the other direction. But also, it, it really sells your story between those two guys. Like that, that's how much he hates the Rock. That like I'm willing to just let my team lose and my company lose. Just because I hate this guy, like that. So two things that that actually accomplished there, uh, and it comes down to the two biggest stars of the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Uh, how are you two? Because again, I I knew who was going to win. I, I had no doubt. How did you guys? What did you guys think was going to happen? Were you just were you thinking Austin was going to lay down for him? Like what did you, the two of you expect? Eric, you can go first. I thought it was gonna be a Montreal screw job all over again. Yeah, when he, no, I, I didn't know. I, I was waiting for. Well, all they did s- trade sharpshooters. Yeah, yeah. Which I, Stone you, Cold did you mark that? Uh, Stone Cold wasn't good, but it was still better than the Rock. Even now, it's just stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was. It was one of those things. I just didn't really know which direction it was gonna go, and it was one of those things. You know, being so young, I was just on the edge of my seat, just waiting to see the next moment, next pinfall. <laughs> I, I loved when Taker came out to yellow Jericho. That was always a, that oh, was that was good. Well, yeah, he was he had been billed by Jr. for the longest time as like the conscience of the locker room, uh, so it made sense for him to do it. Ayla, what do you think it was going to happen at this point? I don't know because this was shades. Of, this is I think the really the first time these two have really been against each other one on one in the U.S. because they they fought a rebellion earlier in the month. This is the first time they actually been kind of face to face since WrestleMania seventeen. So I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was a good, good good ending to have these two guys get the WWE champion against the WWE champion. I thought I thought it was great. We had a rare case where the two worst referees of all time get a part of this match <laughs> because they're both horrible. Because you know Earl Hebner can't sell and Nick Patrick Nick, Nick Patrick is just as bad. But like I said, Jericho. Jericho selling Jericho coming down that was awesome because like I said I bought into that. Yeah, I bought into that, and then yeah, Jericho even mouth like, "Oh, you want me? To, are you kidding me? Like, you want me to do it again? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think he did say that when he kicked yeah. out." And then like I like how all the things kind of culminated at the end because all the things that went on throughout the four with the four or five months of the invasion was going on. There's people kept turning back and forth. Jericho and the Rock rivalry hit hit. Had turned up, and then you had Nick Patrick being the scab referee. All these things kind of culminated into the ending of this match. So what ultimately happens is Kurt Angle runs out. I think Austin was about to hit The Rock with the belt, and he didn't quite because Austin there. had The Rock beat. He took he took a spine buster from The Rock, I think. No, well, I think Austin hit a stunner. Okay. And then he and then the referee Nick Patrick, I mean Earl Hebner was down. And then that's when Cardano came back out when he's about to hit him again with it, I think. But I think the belt was still on the edge of the... Cause, yeah, the belt was in the ring. Because Austin went to the ropes, I think, during the, the awful sharpshooter. Um, well, I, so I the belt was sitting there. I Go need ahead. the sharpshooter connoisseur to come out. Uh-huh. So what's so bad about Stone Cold's sharpshooter? It was just a little too loose. Okay. Like, it, you could just tell he didn't... He just didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> HBK did the same thing. Now, his actually looked good once he got it. But... And you probably have heard Austin, the story. Austin, he just looked like he had a six-pack in him last yeah. time he had it locked in. You've probably heard the story that Brett had to like actually say to Sean when he was doing it, like how to do it. Because you could even see, he he starts to put his one leg through, he, uh-huh. he doesn't quite know what he's doing. Once he gets it in, though, it looked like a sharpshooter. Uh-huh. Not many other guys seem to look like a sharpshooter when they don't do it regularly. The Rock, I don't like because he's holding both feet like just crossed at the ankle underneath. That's not a sharpshooter. It's screaming profusely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like it's hurting him more than than the guy he's applying it to. Um, and yeah, Austin's it just it just was not a uh, a clean sharpshooter. But he was wearing the knee braces, which probably didn't help. Uh, and it's just something he didn't do. I, I get why they did it because it's Survivor Series, and that move has a lot of history at the Survivor Series. But yes, Angle comes in, picks up the belt. 
You're supposed to think that Angle is going to take out The Rock, but instead he takes out Austin. The Rock hits the rock bottom. One, two, three. WWF survives Survivor Series. The company lives on to this day. Young Angle's happy. <laughs> he gets the Hardys back, he gets Lita back, his Edge back. Did you celebrate? Yes, I did. How did you celebrate? I went to bed. <laughs> did you willingly go to bed or were you sent to bed? I willingly went to bed. Okay. I think it was just Thanksgiving week. Did so you sleep? <laughs> did you so sleep like a baby? I slept like a baby. Because <laughs> I, I, I get to watch WWF Raw, not Alliance Raw. Yeah, you probably hadn't slept in like a weeks yes. leading up to this. Eck, did you celebrate when WWF pulled out the victory? Yes, I had uh, pizza from Papa John's. Nice. It was my first time I ever ate Papa John's. And he, what did you think of it? What, I want your review. Ten-year-old Eck to fly. First review of Papa John's pizza. I, that's how I was wondering. That's real. <laughs> um, now, in retrospect, I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> my life was changed. I thought that pizza was awesome. I ate, it had all types of stuff on it. It was good. I was starving. I actually didn't. It wasn't have... bacon and sweet peppers. No, it wasn't. that hadn't started yet. Still, fast forward 2016. <laughs> Papa John's does not offer sweet peppers. Really? Really? In my, uh, I, I haven't ate Papa John's in a year. But last I know, they did not. Uh, all those chains are the same. Pizza, Domino's, Papa John's, none of them have banana uh, sweet peppers. They have banana peppers. Oh, okay. I didn't mm. even notice that. That's interesting. Well, when you're a sweet pepper connoisseur as well as a pizza connoisseur, you know all this. <laughs> so you, you celebrated by eating some Papa John's pizza mm-hmm. with multiple toppings. Mm-hmm. And did you sleep like a baby as well? I did, even though I slept on the floor that night. But yeah, <laughs> I, I slept like a baby. Did you? Yeah, I could sleep anywhere <laughs> as a young lad. Yeah, uh, I was also happy. I knew I was gonna watch Monday Night Raw the next <laughs> night. Jim Ross was still gonna be there. Yeah. We got King back the next night. We got Ric Flair at the co-owner. Wow. Yeah, I have to go back and watch that. Which role. was horrible, but <laughs> um, sold their stocks to a custodian. <laughs> I loved Steph's reaction to losing. Yes. I have nothing left. A whiny Stephanie yeah. is so good. Yeah, a young whiny Steph. I have nothing left. <laughs> and then Vince triumphant at the top of the ramp that he survived. Um, and then two months later she comes back. <laughs> with Triple H. Of course. Well. Yeah, her and her dad are together again. Your whole life would be different if that didn't happen. What? <laughs> if, if Stephanie didn't come back with Triple H two <laughs> oh, yeah. months later. God only knows how your life would have turned out if that didn't happen. <laughs> this was a good show. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because sometimes we, we talk a lot about the time investment that goes into watching WWE every week. Uh, so sometimes adding another two and a half to three hours to that workload is like, eh. But it's funny that over the last probably three of these we've done, I've enjoyed doing the Throwback Madness pay-per-view way more than what I'm watching on a weekly basis. Of course. It's just so much more fun back then. The crowd was, I feel like, was actually a good crowd back then. Um, the stories were good. The talent was great. As much as on sheer athletic ability and in-ring ability, they're probably more advanced now than they were then. But the characters, the performers, were so much more advanced back in the Attitude Era than they are now. Yeah. And I don't know that we ever see that again. But I always, I, it's like a treat to get to watch these. Yeah, because I will willingly watch a Throwback Madness anytime. Yeah. Uh, now, unfortunately, our fourth member, Joey Rodermill, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, he was unable to join us. But it is his pick for December. He, he shouldn't get picks <laughs> after that last one. I'm terrified. <laughs> You're terrified? Yeah, cause I think he's, I think he's trying to spite me. So why? What makes you think? Oh, because of what he picked last time. Yeah. What was it? Fully Lord '98. <laughs> yeah, you did not enjoy that. No, one I at did all. not. It was not horrible. one bit. Uh, so here's what he said after much debate and careful deliberation. I like the the deliberation. I still like the yeah. ending of that. <laughs> he says I could choose Vengeance 2008 for the first TLC. Mm. Vengeance 2008. Yeah, but I need to see what happens next. There was no Vengeance 2008. Oh well, I don't know. But he says, 2001. All right, well, for he the said, first T- oh, oh, or the first t- two that I don't know. The first TLC pay per view, maybe. maybe he maybe he said, Vent, here's why I think this is okay. he's from Delco. This grammar's not gonna add up. <laughs> he said he chose Vengeance 2001 because he wants to keep going and see what happens next. Okay, so he's keeping the, the string going. Ooh. He may have added Vengeance in there because he knew he was picking Vengeance at the end, just like you know. 
So it's Vengeance 2001. Vengeance 2001. So the story, and then he, he sent me another text, Jericho at his finest. So he wants to see what happens next. Very so we will, very well. We will keep the string to close 2001. Send me you're going to pick Royal Rumble 2002. No, well, I he, don't know. He could pick the Mecca of Royal Rumble <laughs> 2000, but <laughs> we'll see. I'm not ready to reveal that yet. We have to review. <laughs> I love Cactus Jack in there. He should have won that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So Triple H. <laughs> They're prom best friend. You look flustered. I think that we're done here tonight. <laughs> nice hair. Yes. Well, that was Survivor Series 2001, leading us into Survivor Series 2016, where not nearly as much is on the line. But uh, 15 are... years later, not a lot changed. You got Jericho on one team, Shane McMahon on the other. Got Young Simba. 15 years later. Well, he's more he's more like Mufasa. Now. Yeah, he is <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> Did you have that planned? Yes. <laughs> Because I, I watched this, and then I, wa- then I, wa- I had to rewatch it from SmackDown. I know I was like, God, he looks old. Yeah, sometimes I don't want to know. Like, I, I would rather just not just, but I, for whatever reason, I I wanted to know if that was, I, I think it made it funnier that you had planned it ahead of time. But, but man, so much, oh, one should be fun. Um, Eric gets his Undertaker versus RVD for the hardcore title. I get my Matt versus Jeff, which wasn't that good. You <laughs> get the first ever Undisputed Champion. What was better, that or the final deletion? Final deletion. Okay. All right. That, that might be a match of the year candidate <laughs> at the end of the year. It might be. You have to check out our award check. show episode. But that was Survivor Series 2001. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go back and take a look. You will enjoy it. Next month we have Vengeance 2001, so check that one out. We're going to keep the story going. Uh, I guess that's it. Anybody have any other comments on Survivor Series 01? If you got a lot of time, watch the Rolls and Smackdowns in between, too. They're pretty yeah. good. Alo, anything? No. No. See you at Vengeance 2001. <laughs> <laughs> for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd. For Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki. For special guest, The Butcher, Josh Aguina. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans marking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.